how do you set expectations with your stakeholders about the profitability of your business? Welcome to Purposeful Podcasting. I'm Wendy. And I'm Crystal. This podcast is meant to share how we and other entrepreneurs bring together purpose and passion to leverage profit in our businesses. We are shining a light on adventure-loving, purpose-driven, action-minded, authentic, and rebellious entrepreneurs. Just like us. So join us as we talk about business and life and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Purposeful Podcasting. I'm Wendy, and I'm here with Crystal, and we're back from a bit of a a hiatus and very excited to share with you sort of a new spin for the rest of this season. So Purposeful Podcasting is becoming more like Purposeful Profit. Yay. Yay! And we we're so we're kicking this off actually. It's slightly different than what we originally planned, but we had something come up with a client that actually hits close to home, both of our homes. Yep. <laughs> and um, probably your that, home too. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> this is a super common problem. Yes, exactly. And it also has to do with profit because it's how do you set expectations with your stakeholders about the profitability of your business? Yep. And <laughs> and I can say that when I started in the online space as an entrepreneur, I was very much, it's none of your business, honey, what I spend my money on. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh is God. the key to all marital bliss, by exactly. the way. Um, and it's none of your business. And if I accidentally charge something to the wrong card, it's none of your business. And I can say laughingly now that that was by far the worst thing I could have ever done in my marriage, in everything. So, (laughs) and I've learned quite a bit about life and marriage. I think this is a really important conversation to have, especially for our listeners who are thinking about entering the entrepreneurial space, the importance, really the importance of communication, setting expectations, and... (laughs) What do you think, Crystal? (laughs) So when I want to start with saying, okay, when we say stakeholders, what does that mean? Oh, okay. Yes, that's because it's important to think about. So, you know, because it's like we set up this thing and I want to break down each piece of it and then I'll tell you what I think about it. But stakeholders, (laughs) who so who are the stakeholders in your business? Well, okay. And when I say stakeholder, I actually mean someone who has some interest in your business. Mm -hmm. And it's not just financial interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, you know, think that in terms of our business, we obviously are stakeholders, but because it has an impact on my spouse, that that makes him 
a stakeholder, even to some extent, the children are stakeholders because it also has an impact on them. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my dog right now, I guess, technically, if you have to walk your dog, that would on a regular basis, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's really anyone or anything that has an impact mm -hmm. that is some way impacted by the business in, yeah. you know, in the old school terms, your stakeholders are your finance financiers. If you have any employees or contract employees, they would be stakeholders. But think of it as anyone who really has an interest in your business or an impact. Yeah. And so I think, the, and the reason I wanted to kind of clarify it is that, you know, like Wendy, I had made the mistake early on in my business. I wanted to tell my husband, it's none of your business. Like, stay out of it. Just get out of here. The, the problem is he is a stakeholder in the business because our personal finances were used as capital contribution to my business, whether it was this business, this partnership with Wendy and I in coaching, or, you know, in my first iteration of business, I was a travel advisor. There was finance, there was capital contributions that need to be made into the LLC and the bank accounts that came out of our personal finances. And so as much as we want to have that Chinese wall and say, it's none of your business, it does directly impact the family and impact our finances. Where that matters is, and what I think causes a lot of problems in marriages or relationships with online entrepreneurs, it, because this is a very common problem. It causes like marital strife in where are you in your business? What's going on? what are you doing? Because just like an investor would come in to a business, if it was a brick and mortar business, there's like some accountability of expenses that take place. And it's a really uncomfortable conversation. It's even more uncomfortable if you are not a numbers person and you don't track those things as well as you should, or you don't have like what we have, which is like the bomb of all bomb of VAs that help us do that for us. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard to answer those questions. And then if you are uncomfortable with money conversations to begin with, this is a more uncomfortable conversation. So, and I want to argue something that, uh, yeah, I want to argue something that every business should have a business plan. Yes. Every business. And, and because I hear what you're saying about, well, I'm not a numbers person. Then, then how are you running a business? Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of like a, just a, a general question. But if you have a business plan mm -hmm. that really, that, you, that you're sharing with your partner, mm -hmm. but if you have a business plan that clearly lists, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of a business is this? What's the model? What's the market? You know, all these pieces along with, clear expectations about clear, not only clear, but also realistic expectations about what is the profitability and what is the time frame? You know, we mm -hmm. talk a lot about runways and resources, but that really, and, you, and, and it's written in a clear and understandable language mm -hmm. that, and it's laid out there. I, that's like the first piece yep. because to me, and again, 
You know, I had a side hustle for a lot of years while I was employed. And I, you know, I didn't have a business plan because I, it was just a side hustle. And when I transitioned into the travel world, I didn't think because I was with a host agency that I needed a business plan. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that was just so effing stupid. And someone with a business degree, myself, should have known that. But mm -hmm. anyway, and we've learned. And whether it's a, a business plan on a napkin or something with more meat to it, though it doesn't have to have more meat to it, but having this available, I think, not only sets the ex it sets the expectations yeah and i and i think about it and it also sets our own personal expectations mm -hmm. yeah because i think when people get into online business i think there's a mismatch between expectations and reality big oh, time definitely. and then oh we gosh. set it was interesting because when we were talking about this on boxer this morning behind the scenes that you had said something about you have to set, and we, when we talk, we've had this conversation with clients, it's about how do you set the right expectations up with your stakeholders, with your spouse, mm -hmm. with your partner, with your investors. And it's funny because I think that, and we'll talk about how you do set those expectations and what that means here in a minute. But I think that mostly those get mismatched because there's a lot of false promises when you become mm -hmm. an online business owner. And you're looking at that bright and shiny freedom and flexibility, freedom and flexibility, and we're promised the world of all of this income. And I think about like the Mary Kay salesperson Gosh. being promised the Cadillac, the pink yes. Cadillac. You're going to get promised the pink Cadillac if you just sell this and it's easy. Anybody can do it. I can do it. And so can you. Well, the reality of it is, is that for every pink Cadillac driving Mary Kay sales rep out there, there are Mm -hmm. hundreds, if not thousands of reps making bupkis doing it. And it's with about, a ton of inventory, with Holy a ton cold. of inventory. Yeah. And so, and this is not to knock Mary Kay salespeople or products in any way, shape or form, but I think it's a, again, it's that managing that reality of the, the promise versus the reality of it. And, yeah. and really knowing again, that key piece, the profitability, Yes. And so I want to talk about like the pieces of your profitability in setting those expectations. It's people overcomplicate it, guys. It's basically what are your business expenses? What is the offer? Okay. How much do you want to charge for that offer? And then how much money can you make for it? Your profitability is your income minus your expenses. These mm -hmm. are the numbers you have to know. And... and it's super different than revenue. Revenue is how much income you generate, but it does not take expenses into consideration. Mm -hmm. So you can say, oh, wow, you know, revenue was $100,000, but I spent 99000 on Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, didn't take into consideration all my other expenses. So that is just a really important, very important income minus expenses mm -hmm. equals either profit mm -hmm. or uh, you're either in the black or you're in the red. Yep. Um, and when you break things down to clients, it's really now understanding, okay, 
how are you going to make revenue? Okay. Your expenses tend to be fairly black and white. I'm really hoping you have them in a spreadsheet somewhere. If not, you need to hire somebody to help them put in a spreadsheet somewhere to list them all out for you. But knowing like, okay, these are my monthly expenses. I need to cover those. How, what is it that I'm selling? So we work with a lot of coaches. Okay. So I'm selling a coaching program. This is how much I charge X a month. How many clients a month do you need to not only cover your expenses, but then Mm -hmm. turn a profit so you can pay yourself as well. And that's when you start to see the deer in the headlight look with clients, because often people start with their price. They just pick a number out of thin air. It's usually, especially new people, when they get started, it's a very low bald number. And, you know, that's not to knock that we all have to learn and start somewhere and there's beta pricing and things like that, but okay, we start with this number. What's your current bandwidth on being able to take on clients? And normally when you take your offer times the number of clients, it, that number very rarely covers the expenses, much less is large enough to then turn into a profit. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess I could just throw this in that we are actually have launched a purposeful profit calculator, which I swear I wish I had when I started to help do exactly what Crystal just explained. And, you know, I really think that that's the kind of tool that is actually incredibly helpful in what we have to do with our stakeholders, and that is communicate. Yes. And using a calculator of this, it it flows perfectly into the creation of a business plan Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, or updating altering a, a business plan. But in the case of communicating, you know, I think that it's, oh, and we'll have to have in the show notes, mm-hmm. the link for the purposeful profit yeah. calculator. And it's, and it's only $7 guy. Like we, guys, it's, we we're, we're giving away as low as we can, but it is, it's exactly the tool we use with our clients to break it down. Like Wendy said, because again, it's that visual representation of like, Okay, if you want to make X number of dollars, then you can charge this, this, or this. And these are how many clients you need to have to get that revenue goal. And there is nothing more in your face than having the number there in black and white. Oh, yeah. That calculate it calculates there. And the calculator also factors in expenses and things like that so that. You don't have to totally come up with that off the top of your head, but I think it's just knowing right then and there, if you know how much money you want to make, and then you know how many clients you need to have to get there, then you can create a marketing plan. Then you can create strategies around Mm -hmm. client retention and around getting those business. But if you have no idea what you're even aiming for, And Chris, you know, I was going to say, Crystal's looking at me like, you have something to say. Are you going to jump in? (laughs) I do. I'm like, I'm like trying not to like roll us off too much on a tangent, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that, yeah. And you know, what really pops into my head about all of this is that 
you know, there has to be honest conversation. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, it's better to be proactive about it. You know, you hope that you have a partner who is, um, who is supportive and encouraging and all those things. But mm -hmm. in the but the bottom line is if you're proactive and you're sharing your vis visions and goals and also the beauty of being able to plug things into this calculator is you're taking your visions and your dreams and actually quantifying them in hard in hard numbers yep. which is really it's better to do that at the outset than you know like I always joke about if I could make money as a fantasy football owner, that would be something I would love to do. Mm -hmm. I can't. <laughs> it's very hard to because there's as no, the owner there's of yeah, football. exactly. But you know, so, but I guess my point is, is that we all, we, we all have visions and dreams and passions. And the question is, is it, a mark is it marketable and is it marketable in such a way that you can actually turn the profit that you need that yes. you need and and not even so much that you need that you're promising to your stakeholders well i mean i think it is it, it is also what you need well i think it's also what you need but i think i i guess the point i'm trying to make is you know this is how much money you need is that in but alignment with what you're promising? Yes, and, yes, exactly. And I think that we, we sometimes, and, I, and I'll say like, I did it. I, I was, I was guilty of this. I could do this and I'm going to my husband and I'm saying, okay, we could, I could make X number of dollars doing this. Like this is the income potential. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. I can tell you after several iterations of being a business owner, um, from a travel agency owner, solopreneur to Wendy and I had a partnership where we ran a membership program to now this, um, earnings potential does not mean jack crap <laughs> in comparison to the reality of what it is you're actually making using the resources and bandwidth that you have. And yes. getting super clear and in alignment with that has been the best thing about Serendipitous Rebel. And it's very eye-opening for clients because getting very clear on your bandwidth and resources and factoring that in to knowing how many clients can you take on at a given time, because, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I have an earnings potential of you, you might have an earnings potential doing a low ticket membership at $27 a month of a hundred thousand dollars a year, but, oh, by the way, you need like thousands of people in that membership to make it happen. And you need a team of people X, Y, Z to help facilitate on the end. So yep. the potential is there, yeah, but we lack the resources and the bandwidth to make that potential a reality. And I think that not promising potentials anymore to our stakeholders, but really getting clear again on the profitability of your business and what the, what the real potential is factoring in the reality of your numbers and your resources and things like that is really important. Yeah. Oh, incredibly, incredibly. And, you know, so we talk about proactive communication in some cases, okay, we can't do that. So, you know, so what happens when it's, you know, 
the fight at over breakfast where it's like, you know, I, I thought that this business was going to make a shit ton of money. Uh, you promised it was going to make all mm -hmm. this money and what's going on. And, you know, and I guess the question is, is that that's where a lot, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs, especially females, um, are, are faced with. And, you know, I think about, so what can you do? Well, you can try to pick a quiet, stress-free time to have a conversation. And that generally isn't in the middle of the morning routine when there isn't enough coffee or whatever your, your, you know, beverage. <laughs> There's never enough choice. Right. Yeah. And to pick a time where you can actually share financial information um, with your partner and, you know, explain, just offer an explanation of what are the plans? Mm -hmm. What is going on? And being as open and as honest as possible. And it may take a little time to sit down and figure some of this out yourself. But these are really important things that are just foundational things for your business. And one thing I cannot probably stress enough is to listen to their concerns, be it just listen to their concerns and in as in as non-combative way as possible, try to address those concerns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, and it's not always easy. Um, God, and no. No, exactly. <laughs> it's and painful. It is. And but the thing is, end the conversation with we need to have regular conversations about this. Yes. Don't wait for it to explode. Definitely head it off and say, you know, I, my husband and I sit down now monthly to go over expenses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's not, it's really not as much about the business. It's really not at all about the business mm -hmm. anymore. But except occasionally there's, you know, an error in a charge or something. Rah, you think the world came to an end, mm -hmm. but anyway, over like $9 or something. Anyway, well, no, yeah. I'll tell you what, the last time it was, I charged the, okay. I shouldn't tell anyone this, but I will. I'll share it with everybody. This was at seven or $8. The internet on the Southwest flight came up on my personal card I did yeah. the same thing and also yeah. got the exact same. This? Why is what this is getting this? charged here? What is this? You didn't, this was for, and the funny thing was I was sitting, actually I was on the flight with my husband, but I was doing work. <laughs> it was just uh, like, okay, you know, but the thing is, it's having the, the necessary answers to those types of questions and heading off, um, you know, heading <laughs> off any kind of nuclear meltdowns because mm. I have to say that there is especially you know how there are to me there's a lot of non-monetary reasons for being an entrepreneur there is the flexibility and work-life balance you know mm. that I mean, we, I just had to ask to be put that we pause this particular podcast so I could deal with like some weird shit my son was going through at mm -hmm. school. He, he wanted me to get sugar cookies. 
Yes, it's very important. In, in, in a 30 minute period. Anyway, but I'm not doing it. And it's also there's there's the fulfillment and the personal growth and pursuing passions and all of these different things that I think are super, super important and really make us, I think, better humans aside from the monetary gain. So I think this is something that's important to pursue with, but there's certain under, there's certain understandings, I guess is what I'm trying to say that come with them. Well, and what I have found in, in my own marriage and what we had passed along to clients is that if we set realistic expectations and not promised potentials, but realistic expectations in the business about the profitability and the runway that that's going to take, how long, and continue to give updates on, hey, you know, I know we Mm -hmm. thought we were going to make it by this point, we might extend it out a little bit, or actually, you know, things are a little bit better now, they were going to come earlier, whatever that is, I think communicating that and not hiding it, I think then sets the expectation up for your family as a whole, because instead of planning with potential promises, we're planning with the actual realities within your own household budget. And I think that's really important. And then, and then all of a sudden it just shifts away all the expectations for everything else. And I know for, for us having those conversations is a real relief and takes yes. a real load off in the shift of, you know, what the expectation is. And then also communicating consistently to your spouse or your stakeholders, what those non-monetary things that you are getting out of this are. Yes. Because I don't think I ever really did that before until very recently. And uh, I know for my spouse that I had no idea. I had no idea that he goes, I just thought this was something you were, you know, he goes, I thought that you were only doing this for the money. And while the money is great, it's, I get so much more out of this mm-hmm. than just, than just money. And yes, if I was just needing money, there are a lot, um, probably less, I don't want to say stressful because I don't feel like we have a stressful job, but, um, it would require a lot fewer brain cells, I guess, would be <laughs> one way to look at it. Um, where I could just go clock in somewhere and collect a paycheck and, and clock out and go back. But this uh, really lights me up. It lets me leverage great skills mm-hmm. that I have. I get to hang with Wendy all the time, which is so much fun, guys. Um, <laughs> but the um, it, this is my social outlet in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we socialize with people all week, all day, all the time. <laughs> I've had like four, <laughs> I've four, I'm in four group text message threads right now that are blowing up today. And so I think this, this feeds me in a lot of ways, um, that I was not being fed when I was just a stay at home mom, not that Mm -hmm. just a stay at home mom, but it feeds me in more ways than when I was a stay at home mom, I was needing Mm -hmm. that other outlet for me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the fact that I do think all businesses should have a profitable goal that should be the purpose of a lot of businesses is to turn a profit so that you you are at least covering your expenses and it is nice to make money. You're not the red cross, but I don't think that 
but I think that setting up those realistic expectations and then, you know, there's levers in your business that you can scale, put the gas on here or there and scale certain elements of it when it's the right season of your life. But again, it's those open and honest communications about it that I think is really important. You know, I remember just thinking about it that in in some conversation about uh, travel, I guess I think it was travel where they were saying, you know, it can take one to three years to turn a profit. Mm -hmm. And I think that for many of us, unless you start as a side hustle, that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really hard to say to your partner, I've committed to doing something. It's not going to be as fast as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, and I'm, and so you pump, so you pump, anyway, you pump more money into it to try to accelerate it when there's, you know, there's other things. And I guess, the, the the key takeaway is, or at least I think is in this topic, is actually what Crystal said about why are you doing this and for mm-hmm. what reasons. And very much so being as realistic and, and honest with yourself, with your stakeholders, with your partner, and just really dig in and have a business plan. Mm-hmm. What is it? You know, what is your model? What it, who are, who are, who is your target audience? What are your projections? It's interesting to see how many businesses are run with truly no plan at all. Um, and, it, and it's one thing to say, oh, I know. It's another thing to actually write it out, you guys. Because yeah. happens every single time with clients where we say, yeah. write out your business plan. They're like, well, I know my business plan. I'm like, okay, then write it out. Put but it I in know writing. who my yes. plan is. Yes. Okay, well, then write it out. Like it just, yeah. you know. It's, it's not as easy as it sounds. And, and these things are always, they're meant to evolve. They're meant to develop. Nothing has to be set in stone. And again, the beauty of um, being an entrepreneur is you can pivot almost at a drop of a hat in a lot of instances. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I just, the, and I guess somehow this conversation not only makes me laugh a little, but also just uh, brings back so many memories. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. But it's, I think it's important to talk about too. And I love that we're having yes. this conversation because almost yes. every female entrepreneur we talk to runs into this uncomfortable conversation, this uncomfortable mm-hmm. situation at some point. And yes. I think that if you're not wading into those conversations, then it doesn't mean that it's not happening. You're just ostriching a little bit and putting your head in the sand. And that's, <laughs> trust me, it's like way more painful when you finally pull your head out. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. We will see everyone next week. Yay. It's Yay. good to be back. It's good, so good to, to be, be back. back. Yay. All right, guys, until next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. But only if you liked it. Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. You can learn more about purposeful podcasting on our website at serendipitousrebel.com. 
And if you have topics you'd like to hear about, be sure to submit them on our website or DM us on social media.